I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Friday, and I'm here with Anna Navarro. This is Behind the Table. Hello, Anna. And Cha-Cha. And Cha-Cha. Well, I was going to build up to it. So this is the downside of an audio format because you guys don't get to look at Cha-Cha for the next 20 minutes like I do. There's no video? There's video. We'll put it on Twitter. There'll be video. Yeah, we'll have some video. All right, Anna, let's get into this. So on the show today, we were talking about Mitt Romney, who you know very, very well. You mentioned this the other day. He's not seeking re-election. Why is this important to people? And, And how did you react? Were you surprised? You know, I was surprised because I was in Washington and had lunch with him a couple of months ago uh, before the hiatus. It must have been July or so, June. And I asked him if he was running again. And he said that he thought he was. Um, he said he thought he was going to have he would have you know no problem winning a Republican primary in Utah. Remember, he got censored by the Republican Party of Utah uh, for voting for, uh, I guess, for the Trump impeachment. Um And he said that as long as he was having fun and felt he was making a difference. Now, he had a a, a core group of Republicans and Democrats who worked bipartisanly and got some major things done. A lot of those folks aren't there anymore. People like Rob Mm -hmm. Portman from Ohio, Toomey from Pennsylvania. And so I think uh, that was part of it. I'll also tell you, Mitt Romney and Ann Romney really like each other. Uh, and they are very close. And I think it was incredibly hard for Mitt and probably Anne too, to be apart. Uh, Anne hated Washington. She never moved there. She stayed in Florida. Um, you know, she spent a lot of time with horses that are very therapeutic to her. So I emailed him. Yeah. We were trying to, I was hoping he would come on the show. And uh, I said, geez, Mitt, you know, out of all the old fogies in Congress, and there's a ton, you are clearly the fittest one mentally and physically. I'm I mean, this surprised guy, he's as old as he is when I when I heard. He mountain bikes. Yeah. This, you know, I mean, this guy is in really in, in amazing shape. And the young'uns, you know, okay, so he's moving aside for an, a new generation. I don't think that's going to make uh, Mitch McConnell move aside. I don't think that's going to make right. Nancy Pelosi move aside. I don't think it's going to make Donald Trump or Joe Biden move aside. And frankly, a lot of this new generation are not cases. <laughs> And jerks and people who are just, you know, performance artists wanting right. clicks and, and wanting to f- raise funds and, and make names for themselves. You know, who are the young generation of Republicans? The Josh Hawleys and Matt Gates and Lauren Boberts and uh, Marjorie. Marjorie Taylor Greene. For the love of God, give me the mummies. I'd rather that a <laughs> hundred times. So I'm very sorry to see him go, I think. And, I, you know, I, I was thinking what makes Mitt kind of unique in this in this time? Look, he wasn't there to make a name for himself because he already has that. He wasn't there to ensure his financial future, that he'd be on boards or get a good TV gig because he's already made hundreds of millions of dollars. He wasn't there to, you know, use this as a jumping platform to be run for president. He'd already done that. So he had the luxury of, of doing this out of principle, of doing this out of vocation for public service of being able to put country over party. He wasn't there to become majority leader. He was, you know, and and so I think the level of of independence that he had um, is something that put him in a unique position and that I certainly am going to miss a great deal. Yeah, no, I appreciate your insight on it for sure. Um, An equally important conversation we had today was about uh, the Roman Empire. 
I, you, I, so you heard about this already. So for those who didn't see the show today yet, um, apparently what's gone viral on TikTok is that women are asking men how often they think about the Roman Empire. And this, and apparently all men think about it quite a bit. And this is a very big difference between men and women, one of many. How Tell often me, do you think about it? I don't think about it every day. It comes up from time to time, maybe once a month, twice a month. I think about the Roman Empire. I think about football a lot more. I think about Star Wars more than I think about the Roman Empire. But, you know, I, I, it comes up. I, I so I, 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 you know, I sent a text to uh, this family chat we have. I don't. I didn't even need to text Al about this because Al talks about the Roman and Greek empires constantly. He thinks that w- there's no modern problems, that they're all like a rehash of things. He's always talking about the things. There's some that, truth to that, I think. Actually, we were just in Greece yeah. over over the summer, and the hours this man spent uh, in in museums, looking at the archaeological sites, you yeah. know, and the, um, all those things. So there is something, but I think it, it really is a it's it's a man thing, I think. I don't think most women are thinking about the Roman Empire. I certainly am not. And I think it's a straight man thing because we asked a few of the gay folks that work on the show and they were like, no, nah, we're yeah. not thinking about this. And then I asked my gay friends and they're like, oh, hell no, we're not thinking about the well, Roman Empire. it's also Empire. in pop culture. There's movies, there's video games. What there's movies? Stuff like I don't that. know Gladiator? any Gladiator? What, um, what video game? Oh, like the... Age of the Roman Empire, things like that. I mean, there's a lot of those those kind of. I things. I don't even yeah. know real, like regular pop culture. You want me to know Roman pop yeah, culture? Yeah, good point. Good point. No, you know Ridley you, Scott's Gladiator with Russell Crowe. With you know, are oh. you not entertained? That whole thing you never heard. Russell Crowe. Yeah, okay. Crow, you know like Russell Crowe. Yeah. There we go. That's, By the way, how do you pronounce? Apparently, I mispronounced this. How do you pronounce the uh, the little men in in in, in Gulliver's Travels? Uh, Lily Lily Pushins. That's what I said. Lily Pushins, I believe, is the best, is the right way to say it. But uh, Joy corrected, Joy corrected me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't actually met a Lily Pushin to correct me, but from uh, the book <laughs> in the movies, I think that's right. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear about it if we're not. Um, all right. So that, enough about Rome. Um, uh, let's see. Earlier this week, we did a hot topic on a woman turning down being a bridesmaid. Because it had become too much. Uh, this is something Whoopi pitched, by the way. Whoopi pitched a bridesmaid. I can't topic. believe that. It was, it's been a, a shocking week in many regards. Um, and now I heard that your best friend Lee may be having a celebration with his husband. Anything to talk about that? Are you going to be a bridesmaid? What's going to happen? Well, so my best friend uh, got as gay uh, mm-hmm. and married his husband Ricardo um, right when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of gay marriage and it became legal in New York. In fact, they got married in New York, not in Florida, because it wasn't legal in Florida. Yet, and they just went to the courthouse and and did it. Um, you know, they wanted to do it, and so we never got a party. You know, and my best friend Lee Schrager is like the premier event planner, organizer of fabulous shindigs in in America, and he's recently begun to say he and Ricardo have recently begun to say I went out to dinner with them on Saturday that they want to renew their vows and they want a celebration. They've been going to other friends' weddings, and I guess it's gotten them in the mood. So I, uh, I don't want to be a bridesmaid for anybody else, but I have asked Lee to be um, the uh, hag of honor. <laughs> you know, flower hag. Sure. I'm, too, I'm way too old to be a flower I girl. I reject the, the, or uh, the a premise that you're a hag of anything. But, um, and I so, want Chacha to be the ring bearer. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we'll need video of that to show on the show for sure. All right, so that's pretty good. So they said they would. They said they would do it. That's exciting. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. 
What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, on yesterday's show and then also on the podcast with Alyssa, we were talking about Bravo and these reality shows that keep coming up on the show all the time. And uh, she was placing each of the hosts on whatever show that uh, they would fit on for Bravo. And of course, for you, uh, we went with the Real Housewives of uh, Miami, of course. Could you ever see a world? I mean, it's kind of I'm, I'm kind of amazed you haven't been asked to be on that by anybody. Have I you? don't have the cleavage to be on Real Housewives <laughs> of Miami. Have you seen these women? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. You're tough enough, though. Would you ever do a show like that? I remember you were invited to be on a reality show and you and I talked about it. Do you remember? No. Uh, the Dirty Dancing thing? Oh, God almighty. Tell, tell, tell people about this. This was the most I, had, I, I, I can't believe you remember and I've totally forgotten. Yes, remember that I got an offer to do, a, which I guess it was another network's version of Dancing with the Stars. But it was set at the Dirty Dancing uh, Lodge. Uh, where the hotel where they did the 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 whole Dirty Dancing movie shot and you you were like a little bit interested for a second we talked it through I think I was I was like 
amused <laughs> and somewhat flattered, but there's just no way in hell that I would ever try to recreate, you know, uh, the lift, the, the, the lift. I mean, my God, I would, I mean, I, oh God, no. I mean, also I have to tell you, even you know, I love music. I love Latin music. I can dance, but I am not. I am not at the level of, of dancer that I should be for being a Latina queen, damn it. Well, I need some salsa lessons. That's why you go on these reality shows. You you work with these people, you get better, and then suddenly you are everything. You're Shakira I will tell you by the what, end of it. What was, what was really uh, attractive about it, though, is, I don't know if you've noticed, but all these people who go on Dancing with the Stars yeah. come out fit and skinny. They it's come out... hard work, mean, I think. Yeah, I think it's hard work. Yeah, we've had a couple of... Uh, View hosts in history have been on Dancing with the Stars. I Who? think. Well, Candace Cameron Bure. And uh-huh. I, I think there's another one. I could be wrong, but um, and well, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck was on Survivor. I think reality uh-huh. shows in general they they put you through your paces. I well, think you, yeah. Th- I mean, definitely though. I I'd, I'd rather bear my cleavage on my, uh, Real Housewives of Miami than ever do a Survivor. Or, or you know which one is the worst? What? That, that, like I I I think I would rather starve to death in a side of. <laughs> An attic than do is that naked and afraid. Naked and afraid. I pitched that to Sunny the other day. Oh. Yeah, that one is that. That's a that's a watch that show. I mean, n- neither of the par- parts of it do I like. I don't want to be naked anywhere. Sure. And I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be out there and dealing with. with I, I don't even like mosquitoes. I mean, I can't. What about like a, a you and Al around the house reality show? Would that be something? I think I feel like people would watch that. I don't know. I get. I mean, it, it may, I would actually be open to it because it might get him to do some housework. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, for the cameras, yeah, he'd, sure. he'll muddle he'd on. be willing yeah. to, uh, <laughs> you know, he'd be willing to to change a light bulb. I don't even want him to mow a lawn. I mean, like, that's way right. too ambitious. Yeah, sure. But it, if, if he washed a, a glass every now and then, that'd be nice. Okay, I like that. Do you do housework? I, I do some housework. I mean, not a ton, but um, I'm... Yeah, I mean, no, not like really. what is there something that is your? I'm I'm good with all the electronics in the house. When something breaks like that, I'm good at fixing things, and and you know I'm in charge of. Making well, you sure. fix our things here because I mean half of us are useless. No, I'm the EP slash IT guy. Right. Yeah. No, that's basically where my my wheelhouse is, and like, uh, you know, I install things like that. I'm not great with a hammer. I'm not great with, uh, you know, like leveling things out and stuff like that. I can who hang takes, a TV. Who takes out the garbage? Uh, me. I'm in charge of the garbage. Okay. I come down the stairs and the garbage is arranged for me on garbage day in front of uh, with boxes to break down and things like that. That's entirely me. I walk the dog. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. But um, I'm kind of a mess beyond that. I'm pretty useless beyond that. Okay, well, go to my house and I'll, I'll show you useless. Okay, well, <laughs> we, can, we can take notes. You also were really busy this week. I am tired this week. It's been a, you know, fashion week. I don't know, every time I come to, my, uh, to New York... I come with the purpose of just coming on the show, working, getting back home, and then all these different things start happening, and I end up in all these parties. You know, I can't say no to. You a good You can't party. say no to stuff. There, there's I other know. hosts that can't say yes. You can't say no. I can't say no to good parties. I can't. Yeah, you went to a big one last weekend. Tell us about it. No, it wasn't last weekend. It was uh, two days ago. Oh, it was two days ago. Gosh, I was. I went to the Caring for Women uh, Gala. So uh, this thing, listen. I, I get to do some really neat things, and I get to go to some fancy things, but this thing was all sorts of extra. It was fancy pants. <laughs> it was, uh, I like, I, I, I can assure you I'm probably the only person who flies commercial that was sitting in that room. I um, So I got a, a text from a friend of mine, and he says to me, will you come to this gala with me on Tuesday? This was Sunday when I was landing here. Right. And I said, Henry. 
I'm landing. I got nothing. You know how I roll up to the view. I roll up in, in, in sweats and wet hair. I said, I have nothing. Where am I going to pull out a fantastic outfit and shoes and evening purse and jewelry? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. So we got 24 hours. I said, I'm short and fat. I'm not pretty woman. People, you know, the sample sizes don't work for me. Anyway, suffice it to say. I'm shaking we, my head for those who aren't watching. Yeah. We went shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put myself, we put me together. And the next day I go to this gala and Oprah. So this gala is put on by Caring. Caring is with a K the parent company of all of these luxury brands, right? Gucci, Yves Saint Laurent, mm-hmm. Balenciaga, Pomelato, all these things that are, uh, you know, that I'm too cheap to buy. And um, all of these celebrities and very wealthy people were there and they raised funds. Uh, this is, so Salma Hayek, who mm-hmm. is the most fun person I have ever met. This woman is just, she wherever, she just is the life of the party. She is married to this um, very wealthy guy who was the owner, the French, CEO, right? French guy, yeah, Francois, who was there, who owns Caring. And uh, I think he's like the third richest guy in the world. Yes. And Lauren Sanchez was there too. She's the one engaged to Jeff Bezos, who I think is what, the first richest guy in the world? I think it's him and Elon are going back and back. Okay, back so I just want to yeah. point out mm-hmm. that two Latina women yeah. have snagged two of the three <laughs> richest men in the world so there's got to be something going on there. I told, I said to them, girls, give me the secret. Don't keep it all to yourselves. But <laughs> it was fantastic. And it raised money for, it raises funds for um, organizations that uh, help victims of gender-based uh, violence, of domestic violence, violence against women. Malala was there. Oprah was yep. there. Um, Did you get Oprah time? Did you get Oprah I got a little time? Oprah time. And, you know, Oprah um, said... She doesn't get out much, but uh, and but when she does, it's you know it's for something significant. And she, you know, Salma Hayek called her, and I guess when Salma calls, you don't say no. And uh, she talked about that during her twenty-five years of shows, she had done one hundred and twenty-eight on domestic violence. And she talked about one woman in particular who she'd gotten to know, whose husband ended up uh, going to jail for thirty-six years being put in jail for 36 years for the horrible domestic abuse perpetrated on her. And um, and the reason he got such a heavy sentence is because her supervisor had documented all the instances when she would show up and say, oh, I bumped my head in the shower. Oh, I, you know, fell going into, I fell at the steps. I fell, the, and she, and so there was, there was history there. There was documentation. Yeah. And it was a reminder, I think, for, certainly for me, and I think for all of us, not to look the other way. Right. You know, sometimes we look the other way. Sometimes we, you know, being an ally to people going through really difficult things is not a passive act. And I, and so that, that was something that's. So a really good cause in in addition to just being incredibly glamorous and. And a really good party. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Other than Oprah, who was the biggest person that made you kind of do a double take? Well, at one point, Kim Kardashian and Lauren Sanchez were bidding against each other for a Balenciaga dress. Uh, who was there that who made won? Me... Actually, then the, then the 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 Balenciaga people decided they were going to make two dresses, yeah, one for were. each. Of course, they were. They were, of course. <laughs> but um, 
It, there, actually, I really like meeting Salma's husband, this this uh, Francois Henri Pinot. Yeah, he was incredibly uh, approachable, incredibly nice and gracious, and he is clearly enamored oh, with Salma. Well, who it was is nice. It? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I'm enamored with yeah, Salma. Yeah, sure. No, I've met her a couple of times too. All right, so um, the last time we were here, you said you wanted to interview me. So what do you got? What do you want to ask me? What? what okay, so last time I was here, we talked about the difference between a CNN viewer and a View yeah. viewer. So I want to ask you the difference between working on a Letterman show, late night show, which you used to be the showrunner for, and and working at the View. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, for before I came to the View, I was at the Late Show with David Letterman for about eleven years, and and that was kind of that was my dream job as a kid. Yeah, to you're still for pining for that job. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, if he hadn't retired, I'd probably still be there. But the um, it was it's it's funny in a lot of ways it's very different in a lot of ways it's very similar I mean it's still the same muscles in a lot of ways um, you know the biggest thing is having instead of one host having six that is a huge huge difference so yeah I mean I think the uh, the audience is different you know in late night you're programming it's mostly the the the, the target demographic is is men eighteen to forty nine and in uh, daytime it's women. And so that's a big difference. Um, but I think it's still kind of the same muscles. I'm used to, you know, David Letterman's an iconic comedian. So is Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, there's different things like that. Don't you think it's interesting that for a women's show, we are, you know, I mean, we, she, I, I'm always amazed and surprised and happily surprised when men come up to me and tell me they're watching the show. Um, but but are you a little daunted by the idea that we are talking to women and that obviously you're not a woman? Uh, you know, in fact, our t the two longest running uh, EPs of the show, Bill Getty and you, are men. And this is a show by women, mostly for women, yeah, uh, you conceived know, by Barbara Walters, a woman. I mean, what? Well, conceived by Barbara Walters and Bill Getty. They, right. they did it together, which is part of the reason I feel okay about it. But the truth is, you guys are determining the t the content most of the time. And I, I'm, I'm helping to make sure that the, the we stay on the rails wherever I can and stay on track. But um, it's important to me that, uh, and I have blind spots, and we work with so many amazing, talented women, not just on, in front of the camera, but behind the scenes. So I'm very open to be making sure that if I don't understand something, why something's appealing for the show, I trust that the people around me are right about it, that you guys are right about it, and that you know uh, the hearts and minds of the audience, and, and you're doing that. I mean, I will say so much of the show, it is for women, it's, the women, it's a woman's perspective, but at the same time, it's a lot of universal stuff. I mean, I, I would watch this show if I didn't work here. I think it's very interesting. I think your perspectives on no, things you are wouldn't. interesting. No, you wouldn't. You'd be playing Roman video games and, and watching Gladiators. I can multitask, and I can play on my phone and watch has the it, view. Has working on this show made you more sensitive to women's point of views? I've always, I've always had strong women in my life. I have two daughters. My wife could easily guest host on The View any given day. Um, I've always had close friends that were women. So it's not something that's new to me to be, and I've worked with women for most of my life. So I've always been aware and open. I've learned a lot, um, and listened a lot to the conversations. And I do think I'm, I'm I've picked up things, but it's not, uh, a entirely new experience for me, but I feel like I've learned a lot being here and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that we finally started Hispanic Heritage Month today. I've been, I, I, I love, uh, all the things that happened this month. I mean, obviously yes. in my life, it's part of my daily life. 
And I'm really excited about some of the guests uh, that are coming on. I guess we'll keep it a surprise. We'll keep it surprises week. for the next week, but we've got a couple of good ones coming up, and uh, I'm excited about it too. It'll All be right. great. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Oh wait, um, I also heard you got a touch up for today. You had a little makeup done. I got a little makeup on. I, I haven't really loved how I looked in these clips that I've been running. So yeah, I could so put what a little are you having powder. an issue with the under eye circles? What are you having an I mean, issue? The whole, you want the more whole contouring? Package. What are we doing? The whole package is a mess. So I just <laughs> went and said, "Do what you can," and and here I am. So. <laughs> You know, I, I, there's a reason I'm behind the camera. Um, all right. So thank you for your time. I'm very excited as always to have you here. We will see you next week Cha-cha. for sure. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Chacha. Bye-bye. Adios. Bye-bye. Adios, Chacha. Behind the Table is executive produced by Brian Tetta. Supervising producers are Nathan Getty and Summer Shake. The vice president of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi, and the executive producer of podcast programming is Laura Mayer. Special thanks to Lori Hogan, Enza Dolcinini, Emily Darcy, Susie Liu, Brenda Salinas Baker, Madeline Wood, Meg Fierro, Molly Kaiser, Josh Cohan, and Ariel Chester. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.